0: A couple of months ago, we ran the first Access Potential Academy or APA offline event where we had all of the business owners, coaches, practitioners converge into Newcastle and we focused on this energy generation and business innovation. It was a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, we gave out the first round of the APA awards. And one of the recipients for one of the awards was Jacob Hodson and he won the award that was called the APA do the work award. And Jacob is known for showing up. He's known for showing up and doing the work that it that's required to get where he wants to go. So I was really lucky to get Jacob on for a conversation today. He's the owner of New Strength Gym up here around Newcastle. He runs a podcast. He is an athlete. He's in a lot of different sports, but also has recently climbed the ranks in Strongman to win New South Wales Strongest Man Under 90 Kilo category. He's creating new opportunities. He's opening up Strongman and this new way of training to a lot more people, which is really cool and really exciting. And he's also really, really passionate about transformation and particularly around mindset. And in this conversation, we talk a lot about this idea of belief and how powerful belief can be. So I hope you enjoy this. Uh, We hear from Jacob how he went from basically being on the couch and playing Pokemon to being New South Wales' strongest man under 90 kilos and creating all this opportunity. It's a really cool one, hope you enjoy Thanks for listening, this is John and you're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. We have Jacob Hodson today as the guest. Jacob, how are you doing? Good, mate. Good. Thanks so much for having us on. I oh, know. I've been looking forward to it for a while. So really excited to get Jacob on today. Uh, known Jacob for a while. We're going to get stuck into some really cool stuff around training, around mindset, around business. Um, Jacob, I kind of tend to kick these things off with some basically jump straight into it with some background on kind of what I call the formative days so like talk us through a little bit about some context of what things looked for you what things look like for you you know up to 10 15 years old what what were the early days like for you
1: yeah cool uh, so that's actually pretty interesting because given what my life's like now a lot of people probably wouldn't realize that like I was a bit of a nerdy shy young kid and probably spent way more hours playing uh, Game Boy, PlayStation, that sort of stuff. Way more than I was active. Like I definitely loved getting out on like my bike and uh, skateboards and that sort of stuff. But I was way more into uh, Pokemon. Like I was probably the Pokemon master. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I spent a lot of time playing that when I was a kid. I wasn't very athletic, uh, which was. Um, it just didn't, didn't come naturally to me. I wasn't super into it at first. Uh, I did play soccer, but I realistically, like I hung around people who played soccer. Uh, so it was a good social thing for me and I, it helped me make a lot of friends, but I, I wasn't really good at that sort of stuff at all, uh, going in through those ages. And, um, I was a pretty switched on kid. Like I, I took to a lot of academic stuff really, really well, uh, so much so that my dad's uncle, uh, had offered, he's a farmer, uh, spent a lot of time out at, uh, he's in Dunedin. and they'd offered to try to send me to King's College at like a boarding school so I could get the best education and become like a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. And they really wanted me to go towards that. Mm. Uh, my parents asked me if I wanted to, and I was like, oh, I don't want to leave my friends or anything like that. And so I kind of was very much, I guess, the opposite space of where I am now, which is lifting stuff and kind of being a, closet meathead uh which is funny but yeah like going through those years I, I had like a really really good family life i have super supportive family super loving family um my nam was probably a big influence now i realize in a lot of ways my nan was a lovely woman and probably the most selfless person that i've ever come across or up until now just my fiance as well so uh she passed away when I was 13, and but she, she'd she go so far out of her way to do things for so many other people that it really, like nothing was ever about herself. Uh, so she was a really important influence along with like my parents on and that sort of stuff. And I think everyone sort of has some form of influence from their parents in that way. But they were pretty much always just trying to let me do what I wanted to do, but then still also push me down the road of making sure that I was doing the right things in school and and making sure that my own choices of playing playstation and that sort of stuff weren't going to uh influence my future in that way and not actually putting in the work or anything like that so
0: yeah so if you i i'm kind of got this picture of jacob sitting kind of on the couch on a saturday rainy day playing pokemon uh you said you had a lot of friends and stuff talk to me about I mean, if you can even come to this point, but obviously one of the things we're going to get into is this concept of strength training and and training in general, maybe any physical practice, and then the link into mindset as well. uh, Obviously something that I'm super passionate about as well. And maybe talk to me about what, take us into that, you know, mindset of the nerdy kid for a second. And I I say that term with a lot of love, right? I was a pretty nerdy kid as well, but take us into that mindset because I know a lot of people might have kids or siblings or have been there before as well, or, uh, whatever it may be. What did that look like? Was there, I mean, for teenagers, right? It was always, it was, it was tricky at the best of times, but talk to us a little bit about what that, what that looked like. Was it, um, was it easy? Was it, was it, uh, you know, how did things look for you as that teenager, preteen, whatever it was before you were into anything physical? Yeah, I guess it was just probably what came to me
1: as like being comfortable. Like I I didn't live close by to a lot of my friends. So it wasn't like I could just, uh, get like finish at school or whatever, go home and then just jump, uh, jump on my bike and ride to my friends. Like we had to go through like I think it was about a 2k bike ride to get to uh, my friend's house. So when, when I was going through like those early years at school, that was kind of like all that, all that I had of an afternoon, like besides like I'd hang out with my brother and kick a soccer ball around and that sort of thing here and there. But it was, I guess the opportunity wasn't always there unless it was something a little bit more formalized where like my parents knew that I was going to go over to one of my mates after school. So it was just kind of, there wasn't a lot of young kids around uh, my local area. So my brother and I would play sort of games and I, I got comfortable doing that. And, um, uh, I think as I got a little bit older and I was a little, bit, um, my parents had a little bit more trust that I knew how to ride my bike around that sort of stuff, like that sort of stuff changed then because I did want to go and hang out with my friends afterwards. And we did want to go riding bikes and that sort of stuff. But, it, uh, it that sort of opened up the opportunity to go and do more stuff because they were like, all right, well, he's not going to get himself hit by a car, I guess. Uh, so in, in those early years, it was kind of just that it was there. But then because I was, I guess, good, you can't be, I guess you can't be good at video games, but like it was, it was fun for me and that sort of stuff. Like I, I know at times, like I would get up an hour earlier before, like my parents would be expecting me to get up to go to school so I could play games for half an hour in the morning on the PlayStation in my room before Mum would get up and be like, hey, get yourself ready and get yeah. some breakfast. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think it was just, uh, and I think whatever I tend to do, I try to go sort of all out for it. I, I always invest a lot of time in that and uh, put put a lot of energy into that. And just at that point in time, I guess that was the focus for me just because I didn't have, I guess, access to hang out with a lot of friends on, on the afternoons because of that little like s- space and distance there.
0: Yeah. Something I want to go into maybe later now that it, it just occurred to me when I I had Sean Wood on, we spoke a little bit about gaming culture as well. And, um, I remember playing like Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff like that. And then I feel that there was this link between kind of that those early gaming cultures. Like it's a little bit different now from what I can kind of feel, but, the early days, then also like the sort of skate culture or surf culture, anything that was sort of trick-based or level-based, because when I look at how you train now, and we'll get to the strongman stuff, but there's different elements, different movements that you kind of unlock, you know what I mean? It's like lift the thing over the thing, ching, get the, the little coins, and then you move through. It's like, it's not just fitness, right? It's not just going around the same circuit, circuit all the time. So... Talk to me about then. It feels like this. The, it feels like there must have been a shift somewhere where you started to basically go beast mode, or at least start start training. What happened? Was it how old were you? What was the inspiration?
1: Yeah. So the, there's a few things that came in there. Like I guess I was playing soccer when I was young, and then I kind of I was a pretty early bloomer in terms of like growing bigger and that sort of stuff, I was, I became a little bit bigger than a lot of my friends, even though I was like, uh, I was a year young for my, uh, like age at school or whatever. And then I became like physically, I I think I remember all of a sudden I was somewhere around like 50 kilos. And then all of a sudden I was 70. Like, uh, I think I went into high school at like 72 kilos and I only left at 83. So I didn't get much bigger from that (laughs) point, but I was an early bloomer in that way. And, uh, from that point, like I was starting to go and hang out with the boys, of an afternoon there was over at Charlestown there used to be like Ferris Oval was the footy field uh, and that's where like Central played and a few of my mates played for there and we'd play like just muck around footy of an arvo there and I started doing alright in that and I was doing much better in that playing with the boys than I was doing playing soccer on the weekends uh, with my other group of friends and in like the guys are like, dude, you got to come and play. You've got to like come and play with us, and you'll do really, really well. So I turned around and I decided I wanted to play footy and went and spoke to dad, and I think that was one of his most exciting moments because he'd always, always played footy and never played soccer. and He's like, oh, sweet, my boy's gonna go and play footy. And my <laughs> brother, um, my little brother, he's only stayed at soccer, and like the difference was he was actually good at soccer, and I was sort of just hanging out with soccer people. Uh, so it was probably when I started playing that, and and I didn't necessarily excel but I did pretty well for myself. Uh, but it showed me that there was I actually had some form of athleticism yeah uh, because previously in soccer I didn't have the skill base. I probably started a little bit late and I didn't do as well in that as I was uh, as what a lot of other people did. so I kind of didn't think that I had potential in that. I went to footy and I was out muscling people. I was the, my first year I scored more tries than anyone else in our team and I was playing in the front row. Um, then was just bustling over people. I was scoring runaways, like I think a couple of like off the kickoff, taking the ball back and went straight through and scored tries. And I was like, oh, maybe I can be good at this. Maybe I can have a good crack at this sort of stuff. So I was like, well, how do I get better? And one of the things that popped up was a good friend of mine, Tim. His uncle was quite a good football player, and and he lifted weights a lot. And he was like, oh, we like, we got to start lifting weights. We'll, we'll get bigger. And as always, like you convince that like. You lift a weight and your Arnold Schwarzenegger like so we're like we're going to be huge next season. We're going to be dominating everyone. That's obviously not the truth, as we know now. Uh, but it was quite interesting that like that was what sparked my interest in lifting weights. And then from there, I actually like we'd been doing push ups in the uh like push ups and sit ups and that sort of thing by myself in like the in the bedroom before I go to bed or like just the boys and us we, we'd do it at footy training and that sort of thing and we'd do extras. And dad ended up buying me for Christmas one year a pair of dumbbells. And um, it's quite an interesting thing of like how something that seems so insignificant, like a little like spin lock pair of dumbbells can end up being the catalyst that allowed for my journey now, which has been, I think that was my, I was 13 at the time. Uh, I'm 26 now. So like half of my life has since that point been involved in training and in, in lifting weights and that sort of stuff. And I think I was because of my background of being like being not very social spending a lot of like time playing like playing video games that sort of stuff I wasn't the most comfortable kid outside of my like outside of my own friendships groups and that sort of stuff I was pretty shy I wasn't the most I wasn't the best at making new friends in those sort of uh in those sort of ways and I went from there to like I started being better athletically and I started training and I was getting stronger and I could feel myself getting better. I was getting better on the field. And from that, all the other guys from footy were looking up to me because I was like, "Oh, Jacob's doing really well." And then I guess that just gave me confidence to that I was like, "Oh, this training stuff works. Like it's mm-hmm. changing everything. It's not just changing how like strong I am or that sort of stuff. So I, I had quite a big transformation both on the field and then off it as well I I started gaining confidence to be able to like make new friends I started uh previous to that I was not very confident talking to girls I think uh two years into that journey Jess and I met and or we'd known each other but we started talking and uh then from there we started dating and we're I think now 11 years into a relationship 12 years Jess don't listen to this I'll be in trouble if I don't know exactly uh (laughs) But yeah, like all these things started off the back end of like a little pair of dumbbells. that was a Christmas present. Like, yeah. So that, that's pretty amazing when I go back and think about it. That's such a small thing that like you wouldn't think of that being a, an awesome present, but to look back on it as like, oh, that, that
0: changed everything. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, it really resonates. I remember... I would have been probably fifteen or sixteen and I remember my dad started to go to the gym and it started to get stronger and I was like, and then it must have been I don't remember, but it must have been something that sparked, cause like a year or so later I found a mate, we'd go in and start, you know, doing all the wrong things at a gym and trying just trying, but it does it definitely spark something having that uh, early inspiration. So then you basically got hooked, decided to open the gym and <laughs> become a trainer. Like is that how it sort of went from there or Yeah, pretty much like I, I think in that time, like I, I didn't
1: know what I necessarily wanted to do when I grew up or I don't think I've still grown up now. I'm still a big kid in a lot of ways. Uh but I think I I was looking out for something and then I discovered these I uh, think like these guys called strength coaches and they were working with like elite sports and like I love my footy and I loved like, I was like, I love lifting and training. And I was like, maybe that could be the outlet for me. Like, so I was like, well, what's the first bit of getting to that is like, I should probably get my personal training certificates. Uh, I was, my parents always wanted me to do like, um, go into like physio or something like that. So I was like, Oh, physio is like cool, but you're only working with injured people. And no physios are actually working with people that want to be like weapons. And that has changed a little bit now. Uh, but at the time I was like, the only physios that I knew were like come in, you put them onto like a machine. It's like, you do this, you do that, hmm. come back three times a week for the next six weeks. And all of a sudden you'll be better. And like, then you can go back to playing footy or whatever it is. And that just didn't really resonate as an exciting job for me, but yeah, like helping these, like I'm a big manly sea eagles supporter. And I was like, the dream was to be like the strength coach for the manly sea eagles. Uh, and along that journey that changed a little bit. Cause I realized that that sort of wasn't the right, the right feel. Like I, I I went all in on like researching and like guys like Joe DeFranco, uh, Zach Evanash, these guys, like I'd read every blog on their website and and like all these little details of finding out about the industry and I went into sports science and as I went through that process, I realized that I was like, oh, even though it would be a fun job in a lot of ways, it's not really the job that I was really wanting to do and I was working in personal training at that time. So I guess I had a lot of people that I worked with that were – wanting my help and then the from knowing a few uh people like Jess uh my fiance one of her good friends is married to Akuyuate who was playing at the Knights at the time and then went in and I I got to uh train with them one day which was super cool uh being like a huge rugby league fan even though like the Knights and Manly have like this like bitter rivalry so I couldn't wear my Manly gear I was like trying to keep that away from them (laughs) uh but it was uh interesting of like a lot of their guys didn't actually want to be training in the gym. Like a few of them did, but a lot of their guys were just like, let us just play footy, dude. Uh, And I realized that in that sort of roles is not, not in all cases, but a lot of the guys are doing the job to help those guys be at their best. But the guys aren't necessarily putting in that effort Uh, versus like I had some PT clients that were coming to me that wanted to get fitter, get stronger. And they're just like a normal person, but they're paying themselves and they, when they're paying themselves, it, it's their choice. It's not that they're getting told they need to be there. And I think that was a really, really exciting thing. When I started to make that shift, I was like, oh, well, my space is actually in the private industry. Um, it's in helping the people who want help and are bought into getting help. Uh, so that was what drove me down the route of going towards my own gym. And uh, alongside Nathan, we worked together for quite a while. So we we found that there was a certain look and feel of the industry, which is primarily like determined by like everyone wants to lose body fat and like this whole exercise for the purpose of like burning calories and losing, losing body fat is, it just wasn't us. Like we were doing powerlifting, weightlifting, like all these, uh, like at different times trying to get in like conditioning shape and like there's so much more to training than that. And that was what really led to us to our own space in, in new strength and starting that was, we're like, well, we don't believe in this view of the industry that everyone's portraying. We want to be doing our own thing, and uh, the best part of that is like that's been something that's like led a lot of people to us is because they're like, well, we don't want to do what the industry's doing either. We want to do what you guys are doing. That looks fun. That looks exciting. So we just went down that route, and it was just just about taking our beliefs of training
0: and like our experience with it, and just sharing that with other people. I hmm. uh, tell me, I'm interested to dig a little bit deeper into why you think strength, you know, and and why not, you know, why not, why not the fitness and the circuit stuff or why not something else? Like, what do you think it was in the strength that was like, had you, as you explored it, has you walking a little bit taller? Yeah. I think that
1: comes back to, I guess, when I first started training, like, that was like I was still a fit guy then. Yeah. Like when I was initially playing footy before I was, uh, before I started training. Like I was, I was strong relatively for a lot of guys at my age, and I, like I was fit and I could play most of the game without needing a break. But it was when I could see myself getting stronger. When there was originally like sixty kilos on a bar for squats, and then there was eighty, and then there was a hundred. Like you, lit, you know that you've upgraded to another level versus like. I just did another burpee in a minute. Like it's not really exciting for like the first time you put that hundred kilos on a squat. You're like, Holy shit. I just hit a hundred kilos. That's like, I'm the strongest dude in the world at the time. Mm. And it's the, the point at which like, I've never seen somebody do like a cardio workout and finish it knowing, like knowing that they've become more than they were the day when they stepped in. Even though like that moment, isn't the thing it's the process leading up to that, that helps somebody transform. It's, those little milestones that you don't see in something that's like a circuit training, fitness, uh, like your boot camps or anything like that. You don't you don't have those moments where you realize that you're capable of so much more, and that's that's the thing with strength. Like we, we talk, and um, we'll probably talk about strongman now. or like further down the track today. But the exciting thing with strongman is like you have like a big ass stone that you've never picked up before, and you can either pick it up or you can't. And the first couple of times and you can't pick it up, it's like, oh, damn it. Like, I really wish I could get it. And then at the point where you finally pick it up and put it over that bar or even if you just go off the ground, you see, like, I'm better than I was a month ago. All that hard work was for something. Mm. Uh, All that hard work was getting me better. Uh, And that's the super exciting thing about it is because you see you can see and feel the transformation in yourself from strength. And I don't think, and, and it might just be my own experience with it. I'm sure that there would be other people that could make the the argument the opposite way around. Uh, it's, it's not as easy to see that in like cardio training or like circuit training or that sort of stuff.
0: If it feels like you're working, you know, on that, by, by helping people with that transformation say 60 to 100 kilos or whatever whatever it is that they're doing it's working on the transformation level you know it's working on the the stronger version of yourself the stronger the identity level versus the outcome level like the language that you're using is uh is bringing up these feelings of i don't want to use the word empowerment but it's it's less around, say, VO2 max, and less around like your time or or the thing that the the specific outcome, uh, and more around this really strong link or really heavy link between you did something that you couldn't do before, and and that's something that you went through. I, I, you know, and Rod mentioned this too: is I learned how to do something that I couldn't do before, and you can do it too. Come with me. Let's. Let's find out how to do that together. Um, so do you see this a lot in your clients now? A lot of the people that train with you, this this oh, transformation? That, that's what I'm in the industry for, man. Like yeah. that's the most exciting
1: like part of it for me is, and I was talking about this with uh, one of our own clients on the podcast uh, or on our podcast was, that's like, that's the super exciting thing. It's like, we've got, Girls that have come into the gym never thinking they like they'd never lifted a weight before, never thought they'd have a possibility. It's like oh, like we've got a we've got a fridge that has like written on the fridge is everyone's name of all the girls that have hit a hundred kilo deadlift, all the guys that have hit a two hundred kilo deadlift. And you get guys coming to the gym, they're like, oh, I'd never be able to do that. Like their their degree of belief in themselves is so little. But that's the important thing about the environment, having the tribe and having the social support that can help guide you towards that. Uh, And and that's honestly something that I didn't have a lot of when I started in training. And that's why we're, we're so big on it now. There's like, well, I know that if you follow the process that we have ahead of you, I know that you can do that. It's just a matter of you putting in the work and taking the time. And, and because of that, I know that I can have that belief in the other person. I know that I'm like, well, if you just follow what we're, we're about, you engage in the process, you show up. Will get you to believe in yourself more than you could in any other way, uh, more than you ever have before, and it happens time and time again. Like we have, there's a young girl that trains with us that when she first came into the gym was just like she came to us actually because she worked down the road. Like she wasn't really like into lifting weights, hadn't really trained before. I was like, oh, I just want to like get fitter, feel better, like get a little bit more toned, that sort of stuff. And then now like she's signed up for our strongman comp that we're running in a couple of weeks' time, and. She's like picked up, I think it was like the 50 or the 60 kilo dead ball the other day and put it over, uh, over the top of one of the bars, like mimicking the, the Atlas stones. And it's like, I could never have thought that I would have picked that up when I first turned, uh, turned up here. Mm. And she just fought it out and wrestled with it until it got up and over the bar. And the second that it rolled over, you could just see the change in her eyes. Mm. Like she was like, holy shit, like, look at what I've just done. But, and then from there, it just carries over to everything else. Like it's that person goes home and tells all their friends like, holy shit, I just picked up this thing and like I've smashed it. Um, I'm doing so good. Like you should come and check it out out at the gym as well or you should try this. And uh, it's that confidence that comes off from that, that that's what carried over to me with being able to not only play better on the field, but I was then – I was making friends easier. I was more confident. I was being able to talk to people. I was being able to talk to girls. And eventually that led to Jess and I starting dating. And like that in itself, like has been a a huge thing for me in life. And uh, obviously we've been together for so long now that it's like so many of that things started off the back end of me being able to believe in myself Hmm. because I built up the process of showing myself that I could be more than what I thought.
0: Yeah. And there's a couple of things you mentioned. I'm going to come back to this this early environment or the environment that you're talking about at New Strength. But just picking up quickly on this belief, uh, you then opened a gym. And I wrote a post about this the other day where there's this concept of uh, things that are right and wrong and consensus versus non-consensive. I think the guy's name was Andy Radcliffe. Um, and he's talking about when you look at in venture capitalism, you're looking at startups and you're trying to pick basically a, a right concept that's non consensus. So people don't then it's against the status quo, but it's right. It's proven. It's, it's working. And the, the problem is you've got a belief uh, hurdle because you're going to open this business and you said it's not the thing that everyone's doing. It was focused on fat loss. You know, it works because you went through it. Um, and you probably had some friends that went through it. You feel the change in the belief. How important do you think, cause now you're doing podcasts, I want to get onto the strong man stuff that you're opening up for, um, for more and more people, which I think is really cool. Like democratizing strong man, which is unreal, but how you, how important do you think that whether it was through strength training in this case, But let's just say this work around belief that you did, either incidentally or directly when you were younger, and even the work that you help people with around belief in your gym. How important do you think that was in making the stand for creating the thing, creating the business, new strength that was different? It wasn't what everyone was doing. And Continuing to push the boundaries and what you're doing now, you know, and in, in the strong man and everything else. Yeah, I think um, like it's definitely it was hugely important. And to be honest, like when I first
1: started in the industry and in personal training, like I, I don't think that I thought that what we're doing now would have been possible. Uh, not in Australia, at least. Like the if when I looked at a lot of the guys that I was following over in the states, like the the sporting system over there allows for it like where a lot of people are more more inclined to go down that way but then it was was probably through the start of crossfit to be honest it was Mm. like crossfit boomed and then all of a sudden more and more people did want to do something different than just uh, go to the gym and burn calories or go to the gym and just do like an arm session and i think that in itself helped start to change that belief for me i was uh and I think the biggest part of it is like once you start to show yourself that you can believe more more as possible uh, from the training side of stuff As you start to look for it as well. You start to look for opportunities for where, where you can grow from and, and where things might not be the way that you used to think it was. Mm. Uh, so I think that seeing that happen through CrossFit and then seeing like people became interested in what I was doing, like I had at, at one stage I think – I presented my first seminar within uh, WellFit, the company that I worked for, along with Nate a few years back, and all of a sudden, like the next within the next three days, I had three different people contact me to ask about training with me. About like, but training with me with the stuff that I'm doing, not training with me of like, here's the model. Like, I don't want to do fat loss. It's like, one of the guys was a pretty uh, high level rugby player. It was like, I need to be faster. I need to be stronger. The stuff that you do in your training looks like it's what I need. Mm. Uh, and I think those opportunities, like you start to look for that and then when you start to see those things, like, well, if there's three people that have just seen my stuff on Facebook just personally and they've came, came to me asking for that, then there's more. Yeah. And over the next couple of years, I started working with guys that were fighting MMA, guys that were interested in like competing in powerlifting and that sort of stuff. And even though there wasn't a heap of them at the time, it was growing more and more and there was more and more opportunities of that where I started to go, well, this like it works in CrossFit like that's that industry's building and and obviously it's had a little it's probably hit its peak now and tapering off but the guys that have done a really good job are still staying strong there and I was finding that more people were seeking out me for what they wanted which was what I had to offer that all of a sudden those things started to build that belief like all together and I, I think I was looking for it like I was Honestly, getting to a point where I was a little bit burnt out in doing what I was doing, and I was looking for uh, a way that I could do it within what was uniquely me. And what um, and Nathan and I had like constantly be talking about, it, like, oh, if only if we could do this. So, where new strength, actually, like the name came from, was. Uh, have you heard of California Strength Weightlifting Club? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Nathan and I had watched Cal Strength. Like we'd be sitting there before our training sessions and have like our phones up, like watching the latest Cal Strength video or whatever and be like, holy shit, look at how much yeah. weight that guy's lifting. Uh, and we had this ongoing joke that we were going to like leave the company that we we're working for and start a weightlifting gym called Newcastle Strength Weightlifting. And we would just shorten it to New Strength. And then when we we're finally going around to uh, actually starting a gym, we're like, oh, We're we're not in the weightlifting space anymore, but that's not what we want to do. But New Strength still has that ring to it, and still had that feel of that that same desire that we had at that first point. We're like, well, that's the name. Like, that's got to be the name for the for us. So, I think it was just a matter of like a lot of things that we started finding opportunity to build that, uh, build what we wanted, and people started coming to us with interest. There, that it showed us that okay, well, if we take this onto a level where the whole place is about this, Mm. it'll work. Uh, cause at the time we we're working within like uh, Wellfit is is primarily like a women's weight loss, uh, like personal training studio. And they do a really great job of that. But we had two guys who wanted to be like strength and performance and lifestyle coaches in that way. And we just weren't the right, right fit ultimately for where we were at. And we knew that if we got ourselves into a space that was uniquely created around what we wanted to do, it was going to work.
0: Yeah. So you've got this factory of belief transformation happening through strength. Uh, That's really cool. And, And people are, it's changing how people are walking through the world and helping them realize what they're capable of, the potential that they have. You mentioned when you got the dumbbells that you, there's this little like little nugget of like, uh inspiration or something to continue and i want to just ask you about the environment that you guys have at new strength because it sounds like you found in your own experience that that and, and even when you played when you rocked up at the footy, peop, like, uh, footy field and there's people like hey you should you should do this like, you should come with us for a bit and just try it, see how you go and it's that it's that like, Hey, come, come along. Like, so talk to me about, cause I know you run burgers, beers, and deadlifts, which is a lot of fun. You've had like, you know, you're doing things a little bit differently. It's not always super serious. Talk to me about when, say I come into the gym and I'm in this process where I'm like, you know, Hey, maybe I, maybe, maybe I could get a little stronger. might do some good things for my body. Uh, for my skeletal structure, how I feel, but also could be doing some cool things for how I feel mentally as well. So I come into the gym, it's my first time doing this stuff. What do you focus on? What's that early environment that first, that what do you create for people to help with this traction, to help, help that change that same as what you got? You know, like the equivalent of the dumbbells back then and the encouragement on the footy field. What happens at New Strength? Yeah, uh, it's definitely changed over time, to be honest. Uh, at the start, it was very much
1: on Nathan and I showing people, I guess, what they had missing. It was like, that's probably one of my best factors as a coach is like, I'm really good at identifying what's the missing link. And then it's like, okay, well, here's what's here's what needs to be worked on. And if we do this, here's what you can potentially see off the back end of it, because I know what happens when you do, when you follow this process. And it was very much about like getting in I guess followers and believers on the on the basis that we knew we could take them to somewhere they didn't know they could go to because they'd been stuck where they were for so long uh and now it's like even though that's still there it's not the basis of what we do when people come in now now it's more about uh introducing them to the brand and and to what we believe in as a culture introducing them to the people and like showing them stuff like oh here's the uh here's the board of people's goals and like uh, what you'll find is like people put up the goals and the next thing they're working towards and they're crossing that off. Uh, here's the record board and like see this person here, this person came in just like you like, and now she could like couldn't do a pull up. And one of our girls yesterday that's been training with us for a while, I think hit six strict pull ups for the first time and took out one of, uh, one of the, the records in the weight categories for the girls. And she was super stoked about that. But it was like when she first started working with us, she couldn't do a pull up at all. Mm. Uh, and, I think a lot of it is one introducing them to the people that are there but also telling the stories of the people who have been been where they are standing where they are at that point in time and like oh i don't know about this i don't know about that and then like stuff like telling them of the the deadlift uh board or whatever on the on the fridge where it's like oh like this girl here like grace is one that we we use all the time because she's only like a little girl but she's Deadlifted at 150 kilos. And when she first started with us, the, the most weight that she'd ever lifted was basically like your pink dumbbells at like a gym. Uh, I think she used to train at the forum a little bit and it was kind of like, she'd just go there and just do like the dance classes or the step classes and that sort of stuff. And then she came along with a partner and 12 months later, she's doing stuff that most women on the world can't do. Uh, so I think now it's more so about showing them the story of where they could come to and where, uh, where they could go if, they, if it is something that they want. And I think that's a big difference now versus back then. Back then it used to be about like showing off what we could do mm-hmm. uh, to help them and, and now it's more so about showing what the people that, uh, that come and train with us uh, can do.
0: It's almost interesting because it's almost full circle back to say when you're at the footy field it's like in your head, you've got this possibility. Possibility is like, hey, I can play with these people, these guys or whatever, and I could maybe I could be good at this. Or the dumbbell is like you see the dumbbell, but in your head, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? And then you go through this whole cycle where you learn all the nuts and bolts as a high-end coach and then implement that, but then realize that when that driving force of seeing possibility and belonging and welcoming to the space is so powerful as a driver, For change. So uh, quickly, you mentioned, you know, early on, there was a lot of language around training with the guys, with your friends. And now, you know, uh, I know that you train and work with a lot of women. Tell me a little bit about you know you've mentioned a couple of them. Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing, um, you know, some of the cool stuff that's happening with the women at New Strength, and uh, you know you're doing a lot of strongman. Like what's happening in that space? What do you,
1: what do you see? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing because we definitely we probably don't get the most women come to our gym from like we've got quite a lot now, and and they it's probably not that they have like. Flood floodgates open of people like coming to the gym in that sort of space, but the girls that come in and like embrace what it's about, just they just go next level. They they're doing things that I didn't think was possible, like five years ago, ten years ago when I when I got into lifting. Mm, like so cool. They're they're doing stuff like I, I just mentioned Grace before. Like in terms of time, like training time frame, like she beat me to hundred and fifty kilo deadlift by like a good couple of years, mm. uh, and that's like even a lot of the girls are. Accelerating at rates that I didn't think was possible a few years ago, and uh, I've spoken to this uh, to a few people on this. was like now I stop telling people what's the limit, uh, yeah. because I thought I knew what was the limit of possibility for a lot of the girls because I'd been working with women for five years before it at the uh, at WellFit, and I thought I knew what was heavy and what was hard for, it. Uh, and the stronger girls could do this, but the the smaller girls could only be generally getting around here, and that's just changed so much because. The girls that we have now are just going to another level with it, and, and they they see each other as uh, as inspiration and opportunity rather than being like separated by oh I can't do that that person's got this that's so why they're better than me at this, and that's sort of something that I found has been really really interesting in, in just overall with people lately is uh, when I first started doing a lot of the stuff and people would see me training a lot of the time people would give this. Idea of like, oh, that's super cool. Like, I wish I could do that, and like, that's inspiration for them. And now a lot of people like when they talk to me about my training, they're like, oh, I could never do that. But the guys that are inside the gym and the girls that are inside the gym, when they uh, when they speak to us about that, is like they're inspired and they're ready to go. They're like, oh, like give me the next weight on the bar, like oh. And I'm like, a lot of the time, I'm having to hold those people back because I'm like. I know that you're not ready for this right now, but I know you're keen. So we'll just slowly tinker your way up to it. And that's where I think the importance of a a good coach comes in there as well as like sometimes some people need to be pushed more, but a lot of people when they're, when they're in the right environment, they've, they've got people supporting them and they've got people that like they're embracing the process. Sometimes they need to be pulled back rather than pushed forward. Like we've got like, within the strongman side of stuff we have more girls turn up to that than guys which is pretty crazy like i never thought that would happen Mm. uh we held off on actually putting on a class like that because we thought it was like oh the girls aren't going to be into it like that times normally like mostly the girls that turn up we have more girls turn up to that every week like there hasn't been a week yet that there's been like six guys and two girls to that class it's like most of the time, it's six or seven girls, and like the guys are struggling to fit into the class because they can't get there in time. Like the girls are booked in at like the first opportunity at the start of the week. They're like, all right, that's my my time, and I'm doing that, and and it's super cool because they just they get in and they and they just want to see themselves doing better, and they give it a good crack, and they're they probably don't beat themselves up as much about it as what the guys do. Like I think the guys expect themselves to be having to do the heaviest weights possible. And the girls are just looking for growth from it. They're just looking for a new opportunity to have a bit of fun and, and see what they can do. Mm. Uh, and that's probably the coolest part about it for the, uh, for the girls when they're, when they're engaging in that. And that's probably what's, I, I wouldn't say that I have a preference on who I coach over the guys or the girls, as long as they're in the right mindset. But there was definitely for a time, we didn't see that come up as much, uh, in the girls early on in my career in training people. It wasn't, they weren't as hungry to do as much, uh, do more than they could do right, right now. And that's the amazing thing about the girls that we have is they, they have that fire in their bellies. They're like wanting to do more, wanting to test themselves, wanting to see if they can get the big dead ball up over the, uh, over the yoke bar and, uh, see if they can pick up the farmer's carries and at a hundred kilos or whatever it is. And, yeah, that's the super exciting thing with it right now. And and I think it's a good time. And maybe um, I think it's a good time for women in strength uh, just overall. Like mm. maybe it's because I'm lucky enough to see the people that I do. But I, I think there's a lot changing in that space. And I think there's a lot of really, really awesome women that are embracing that strength culture and and showing themselves that they can do a lot more than what they what they might have grown up being told. Like girls are supposed to just like be thin and like the guys are the
0: ones that are doing all the hard work and that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think it's a good time. I feel like, I feel like you're right. And I also, I also sense that, uh, you know, I want to acknowledge for sure that I think the environment that you've created for guys and girls, I think specifically, it sounds like you are basically all in on cultivating belief. You know, you've got people like they turn up and basically you through how you operate, uh, how you guys run the gym and the environment, it's like belief is everything. Oh, a hundred percent. That's and, it. And once they've got that, like if it doesn't matter who you are, like if that's, you know, my mom, when she got into strength training, like when she's strength training, she, she walks around completely different. Like I feel so strong. She'll say all the time. And it's like, you created, you've just created belief, like a mega center for belief, you mm. know, yeah, and that, that's the cool thing. And that,
1: and that reminds me of like my dad trains at the gym uh, and he comes in and he just slaves away at the... Uh, he does mainly like the cardio dominant classes and he comes into like one of the strength classes a week. And I think the last is beers, and Deadless, he got called out to work just before he was meant to come in. So he uh, ended up turning up halfway through, like just at the end of like the guys had started warming up and he uh, was still in his work gear. So he's high-vis, long sleeve shirt. He had... Uh, I think he had his his steel cap boots on for most of it. And he got up like weight was starting to come up. I was like, take your shoes off. Like you're putting yourself further away from the ground, like get rid of those things. They're (laughs) too thick. And he ended up pulling 150 kilos. And uh, my dad doesn't get as competitive with me anymore because he knows that it's probably too far gone that he can't uh, out-muscle me on a lot of things. But he's still like, he's like, what do you reckon your brother can do? Yeah. Do you reckon I can still kick his ass? Yeah. And It's great. It's so much uh, fun in that way. And he finished up and he did the 150 and he put it down. And I was like, I reckon you got 160 in the tank. He's like, oh, we'll just leave it for now. Yeah. And I saw him the next day and he's like, I reckon I've got 200. Do you reckon I can get it by the end of the year? Like, and. He's 55 now, I think. Uh, 55. But he's gone from where he didn't think he could pick up anywhere near that. And all of a sudden, he's like, I'm getting my name on that fridge next to all the young guys. Like, yeah, I'm going to yeah, be the first old sure. dude on there. Yeah. Uh, and even there, it's like a huge change in belief and possibility from like a guy that uh, I guess he's been coming for nearly two years now in that sort of stuff. And like two years ago, he felt like he was breaking down and slowing up and not being able to be as strong as he was and when he was younger. And now he can see himself, he's like, oh, I'm going to put more weight on there. He's like, he's working towards handstand pushups and stuff like that. And it's like the whole mindset on what he had possible for himself has changed, but it's because he's just been willing to put himself in that. And instead of going, all right, well, maybe I shouldn't lift weights because I'm a little bit old, I'm a little bit beaten up. He's going, well, this is what you're doing, I'm in. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so so important and so powerful to be able to um, educate and transform people and help people on that. That mindset journey. It's almost, it almost feels like if you're doing some form of physical practice exercise or whatever, and it's not giving you that belief, then what are you doing? You know, because there's the possibility to do something or create something that has that positive impact as well. Yeah. You know, and you're saying given hour or three hours that you've got in the week, if you're doing part A and you just come out kind of, you know, whatever, and you do part B, you come out feeling. Empowered, or you feel stronger, more confident. Um, you know, it's no real question, is it? Yeah, for sure. And I was actually thinking about this uh, driving over the, this morning, was because
1: uh, I'm, I'm due to come up with a podcast today for uh, for my own one to release. And I was like, what What's my idea that I want to push? And it's funny you just mentioned that because that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, in Anything really? There should be like a exchange of value. Like if you're going to put in energy, you should give you something back for it. Mm. Uh, And I think that's the thing with the right types of training is that if you put in energy and effort towards it, it gives you that back as, as well as obviously like you can get stronger, you can you can lose body fat and that sort of thing. But it gives you something that you can basically immediately turn around and like when you have more confidence, you have more energy. Like show me somebody who's super confident in what they're doing, and then they're not going to be. Slash around and going, oh, I'm not. I don't feel like doing much today. Like they're ready to take on the world. Yeah. Like, and if you can have like within exercise, you can create that belief where you build your confidence, you stand taller. All of a sudden, like it's it's not a it's not a zero sum. Like it's a, you're putting in energy and you're getting more back. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's um like in a good investment where you can just see your money like rolling up and get more more interest out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I kind of sometimes refer to that kind of as urgency as well. It's like you can feel that in your work. So like if you're onto something and something's rolling, like you don't need more coffees. Like you, 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 you're you waking up and you're like on straight away, you know, and because that confidence is there and you're seeing early traction in the gym, it's like you see this positive feedback loop. And it's like, it's not... It's it's generative. It's adding to your energy. You know, it's adding power. Okay, I want to ask you about, uh, and I'm mostly, or not mostly, but largely interested in this. In this, also from kind of business perspective as well. You went through the uh, a, a bit of strongman, quite a lot of strongman work yourself, strongman training. Ended up as, correct me if I'm wrong here, New South Wales under 90 kilo champion. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then people started watching what you were doing and getting inspired and you and you started to show some people some stuff and people got involved. I want to ask you about how you're opening the door. Firstly, why, why you jumped into Strongman, what you noticed. Let's start with that. Yeah, just start with that. Why did you get into lifting the heavy stones and stuff?
1: Yeah, actually, it's an interesting uh, story because I was actually, like, I'd set myself up with the equipment because I always found it was cool. Like, even from a young age, you see the, like, world's strongest man is, like, it's, like, these huge monsters doing things that are, like, superhuman. And the the interesting, like, the hard thing with it is that it's it's not scalable in a lot of ways, or it wasn't back then at least. There wasn't. Little stones that people could just go and pick up. There wasn't like gyms that had heavy farmers' carriers and that mm. sort of stuff. Like, there wasn't really like trucks and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, the entry level was so high. Like, you had to be, it's like when you go to the uh, amusement parks and it's like you have to be this tall to ride. It's like you have to be this strong to play. Mm. And it's been that way for a long time in Strongman. And I just happened to fortunately get in touch with a few guys. Uh, I had a, a young guy that I was coaching for a while that wanted to get into it and I was one of the only places around that had some of the equipment because I'd bought logs and I'd bought that sort of stuff just because it was a fun, different thing to train with. But I had no intention of competing. I was like, I just want something different. Mm. Uh, like as I said, like I'm now 13 years into training and like uh, you know, obviously you need things to keep you excited and, and keep things varied up over time. And I think so uh, Jax was the guy that was he was – a really really strong young dude and he'd found it and he's like oh I want to I want to do this and give this a crack and I was like oh dude cool like I'll I'll end up giving it a crack with you because I want to help you out with this and I knew a little bit around training for it just based off like I knew like from my sports science background and like all the specific strength and like old school like Louis Simmons style stuff that I'd, I'd grown up like into strength training and just loving that sort of stuff and I was like, all right, well, I can figure out a lot of this sort of stuff, and there's not really somewhere else around for this guy to train, so I can help him, and we'll see. I'll see what I can learn in the process. Uh Long story short, like he ended up having a few injuries and like had a few life changes and that sort of thing, and and wasn't really into it anymore. But just around that time that that happened, I'd made some connections with a group of guys that were starting to run strongman in Newcastle, and they put on their first competition that was a qualifier for the state titles and they're like, oh, you should just come and do the under 90s. And I was like, oh, I've always had this tendency to like, I do something dumb at least once a year, Mm -hmm. Uh, like something out of my comfort zone, something out of the ordinary. Like I've done the Spartan race trifecta weekend with minimal to no running. Like I think I ran like twice a week or whatever in the lead up, like at most 10 Ks a week. And that's like a weekend of like 40 40 to 50 Ks in the middle of trails and obstacles and like I just have always liked this opportunity to put myself in something where it's like rising to the occasion, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and test myself out in that, and partially because it's like exciting for me to then be able to put myself in that position and see what I can come up, up with. And to it was always inspiring to like to my other clients when they'd see that sort of stuff. So I I'd like that sort of stuff, and I was looking for something different. Like the year previous to that, I'd done. I did my first powerlifting meet and the next week I ran my first half marathon. Uh, that didn't work out very good, by yeah, the way. I was say. Uh, but yeah, this strongman stuff popped up and I was like, oh, I've got all the equipment. I can already train for it. I've been like trying to understand it and learn it anyway. And it seems like it's fun. The guys that are running the show seem to be pretty cool. And I turned up in that first comp and I placed fourth and I was like, oh, it's not too bad. I'm pretty happy with that. And, I had a, a dude who now has become a good, uh, good friend through strongman. He, he was uh, standing next to me after the final event and he tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, dude, you have to stick with this. And I was like, he hadn't actually spoken to me all day. Like he was one of the, like the meanest, but like, looking competitors or whatever, and just hadn't said a word to me all day. And the first words, he's like, dude, stay with this. And I was like, okay, man, uh, <laughs> sounds good. And he's like, no, seriously. Like, he's like me, him, the other guy that all beat you have all been at the top level in the country. And you did your best to stick with us, and you've never done this before. So you need to actually give this a crack. You'll you'll be at state titles. I want to see you there in a couple of months. And I was like, okay, like here's like a guy that believes in me to give, give it a crack. I, I guess now that I talk about it, it's very similar yeah, to that sim- starting point yeah, of footy, and yeah, and so. Jared messaged me a couple of days later and was like so you go going to states and i was like oh i guess so uh so then i turned up at the state titles and i ended up placing fifth in that one there and same thing again the, the four guys that beat me were all like had been to the arnold's and were all really really high level dudes and i was like oh maybe i am doing all right at this the the dude that actually finished behind me had been to the arnold's as well and i was like well i've beaten one of the guys that's been there like let's see what i can do with this and i kind of had a few months away from it and then i was ready to kick into something new and i I hit up one of the guys that i got to know through there that was really switched on and hired him as a coach and jumped into that and i guess at that point i was just all in it was it was fun it was exciting um when once i'd actually gone all in on it i started winning like i think i won well out of the since i started working with brad last year as as my coach i've won every show except the arnolds that i've been on um ended up winning the new south wales strongest man and all of a sudden more people started asking me about it and I was still kind of pretty casual about it, even though I'm still like I'm like, training hard for it. Like I'm kind of pretty relaxed. Like I'm like, oh, strongman's cool, but nobody really cares. It's only strongman. It's a pretty small sport, and more and more people are like, oh, can you help me do that? Like mm. I want to learn how to I want to learn how to do the stones and the farmers and the yokes and that sort of stuff. And mm. it started to make me realize I was like, hold on, this is an opportunity for people to like the same sort of thing that we've been doing with training in general, but it gives them an outlet mm. and it gives them something where there's a very big obvious like opportunity to do something remarkable yeah uh, and that's probably the most exciting thing with it and that's why we brought it into getting towards like what we're doing now with the with the strongman comp and it being on a novice level because like my first competition that i went into was the first event was a farmer's carry and it was 220 kilos at 90 kilo body weight um mm. uh, like it's not light yeah. uh yeah and that was my first comp and fortunately like i guess like when you look at my journey through strongman it's kind of been like a the overnight success sort of thing of going from like jumping into the sport and then next thing i've been fortunate enough to go to the arnold's which is the biggest competition in the country and like i've been fortunate enough to win a state title and there's plenty of guys that have been in the sport a lot longer than me that haven't done that but there was 11 12 years of lifting before i even touched the sport like there was a lot of hard work that went to that point and uh a lot of mucking around and not knowing what's the right thing to do, which is the beauty of like now we're able to accelerate people through that process because we actually know how to take them there rather than me trying to figure it out by myself. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a big thing is like we've been able to put, up, put on this novice show where it's that the weights aren't too scary. They're still set up in a way that it's like some people are going to be challenging to just get it going. And then some people are going to be dominating them. Uh, but it brings people to the sport. And I think the sport is doing a lot of good for a lot of people because, it, like, particularly around the big guys, like the bigger guys don't really have an outlet in anything else. Like, if they're not like the athletic, like, footy players and that sort of thing, there's not much more for them to go into. Like, they go into crossfit, they're not going to do well because crossfit's a, a smaller guys' sport. Mm. Uh, and then. I think the same for like I'm not the most statically strong like I'm not the best weightlifter or anything like that around but I'm really good at moving weights like I pick it up and I can carry it real fast. Mm. Uh so it's not really necessarily the same skill set and there's a lot of people that I think are similar to me that wouldn't do necessarily the best in powerlifting wouldn't do the best in weightlifting or CrossFit or something like that but they do have that athletic base where they can do that sort of stuff and give it a good crack and Um, do well in a sport like strongman that it gives people a different outlet if that's actually a better fit for them and and a lot of people have more fun with it too because it's not always the same thing that they can do in the gym
0: yeah there's two things that i really like one is that you're seeing so you're connected to a you're connected to a group to the people that you were serving the people you're working with and then you're seeing opportunity seeing this Thing that's not readily available, and you may, and then you've gone. Okay, I can create access here. I can change the rules a little bit and create something for these people to connect with this thing, which I know is cool. And it's a bit counterculture, and to me, I love like I love that combination. As soon as you were, ta- I remember as soon as we were talking about it, you spoke to me about it, and you were talking about the interest it was getting. It was just like, oh, this is sick. this is really um, a good feel because it's one of those kind of niche down things, but. Then the other thing that's really interesting is how it's fun, and it seems like as we diverge away from seriousness, we get these really cool, not saying that your normal training is always serious, but as we diverge out, we get these really cool places to play, so to speak, even though it's obviously hard. I mean, I've jumped under one of those things at your place once. I couldn't even walk with the chain. Yeah. (laughs) My body's just shutting down. Like I couldn't even move it. So it's hard, but there's also, it was novel. It's surprising and it sparks curiosity. Um, maybe just quickly, like before we kind of wrap it up or, or on that, like you've opened up this event, which I understand is sold out pretty much. And yeah. You it's, to make it's it more compl- oh, I've got a wait list at the moment. Yeah. Oh. So you, you create an event where you created access to this type of thing for more people, which is awesome. It's there's curiosity around it. They don't, it's, it's interesting. What else do you think people are uh, getting it? Why, why else are they getting into it? And what can, what could someone expect if they were going to come along and they hadn't done strongman before, there hadn't been. What, what do you hope? was the change you're wanting to create with this? Yeah, cool. Like, I think one of the one of the other things that uh, why ours has been
1: so well taken on from a lot of people is like I, I have ties within the strongman community because I've been around there for a while. I know a lot of the guys that are involved in it, and and all of these guys are awesome. But a lot of them are doing it off their own backs. Like, I've had the I've got the luxury of I have a gym that's set up for the purpose of being a like semi-private personal training like it's a business because it's a business we can actually put a reasonable amount of funds into setting it up so we can run things well and you see a lot of the competitions it's like they run all day. Like I've been at competitions where it's only one person can be going at a time. There's forty odd people, and you start at ten am, and you're only because finishing of, at like seven pm
0: because of gear limitations. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like it's hard because you're obviously you're not going to have ten yokes. Like you go to a crossfit competition, they can have ten people going because it's just a barbell and a pull up bar or something like that, and, and then a run mixed in, so you can get through them pretty quickly. But the strongman, it's like the gear limitation is quite quite challenging. Like a lot of the a lot of the clubs often loan, uh, loan equipment to the other clubs to help them actually be able to run five events on the day. Like, uh, I was at a competition just the other weekend and we had a few of our guys competing there and I actually provided two or three pieces of equipment for them to actually be able to run the competition the way they wanted to. And, uh, I think because we've been able to set it up and we want to make it into something that's fun and bring people to the sport. We get things like like We wanted to run head to head heats, which is, way better than it's like this person goes then this person goes then this person goes and the only opportunity that you actually get to run head-to-head heats like is like state titles or like the arnold's and like the arnold's is such a cool experience because like the whole day you're going head-to-head with the guy that's closest to you on the scoreboard mm. like so it kind of creates these like little individual battles and by the end of the day you've got like i don't mind like like those are the top 15 and top 20 guys in the country like, I don't mind what those top guys are doing. Like I just want to try to beat this dude that's across from me and he's doing the same. So it kind of creates like, and the, the weird thing in Strongman is like the camaraderie is like way more between the competitors against each other. Mm. Like you want to crush it, but you want to see the other dude crush it too. Uh, and I think the individual battles like help do that across the course of the day. So that's something that we're super excited about being able to bring into, into Strongman is, and at a novice level, is being able to create that both the camaraderie and also the – the environment that drives that success and um and that's what's really really special about those big comps but you don't get an opportunity to do that in the smaller ones uh because there's not the equipment there it's not it's not run in that sort of way because people are just trying to scrap together to make a good day for some people and i think that's one of the fun things for us is like we've got the opportunity to make something great um mm. uh, and that's been our focus like how do we make this that there's a whole bunch of people like we've probably got we have 54 competitors booked in at the moment. And of that 54, I think there's probably 10 people who have actually done some strongman before. Uh, maybe a little bit more, but a few people are coming over from CrossFit, from powerlifting, from just the guys that are from our gym that have just been training. Like, I want to do this. This is going to be cool. Like, I see what you're doing. It looks fun. Mm. And so our goal out of it is to, like, show people how much fun it can be. Like, yeah, uh, show people, like, what the top tier of it feels like. Because if you get hungry over like jumping in and trying to get yourself to the top tier, and you feel it from the bottom level, like it's like this is this is what it's like. This is the the top thing. It's kind of like if you if you've been playing local level footy or whatever, it's it looks very uh, very very different to what the NRL looks like. Mm. And you could watch the NRL like all right, I'm going to go play footy, and you sign up, and then it's like you go back to that, and it's like this doesn't seem nearly as fun or like as the same sort of way as what the NRL runs. Um, and we wanted to bring that experience down to the guys that are like just starting out and going, Oh, if I do take this on and I put the next five years into it, that I could get to that sort of, uh, place like the Arnold's at like a big convention center, the head to head heats. And like, I've actually felt what that's going to feel like, obviously it's going to elevate to another level when you're at that level of competition there, but they felt like the best of the best. Yeah. Not starting off and like, oh, this is where it starts. Like, it's like yeah. not the most exciting thing. And then like, but if I get better, then I'll be able to get to the better experiences. Yeah. Uh, they can kind of, that'll probably take, probably wouldn't let more people experience what I've had the luxury of experiencing in Strongman. Uh, so I think that's a big thing. and And then just giving people opportunity to see that belief in themselves like like we we had the competition the other weekend that I went and helped out at and uh and coached at like I was watching guys with like I've been pretty handy with picking up sandbags and carrying the sandbags and guys that are way way bigger than me just struggling to pick them up because they didn't know how I'm like I'm not gonna be able to do this like I wanted over and my initial intention I told my guys I was like I'm gonna teach you guys all the tricks and I'm gonna keep them a secret from everyone else so that uh you guys can perform well and unfortunately I don't have that sort of like Mm. I can't be that competitive uh with it and I it lasted a couple of minutes before I was like going over and I taught I think 15 guys how to pick up sandbags that day Mm. like I taught a few guys how to clean the log and do all that sort of stuff because I was like well you're not going to have fun with it if you're not doing it in the most efficient way possible and you're holding yourself back because you just couldn't figure it out yeah you're elevating the whole culture yeah and that was the thing like I just if I can do that for people and 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 show them how to do things, show them like how to enjoy it. But mm. like maybe they get that belief that they can actually do it. And like most of those guys, once they would learned how to do it, went on to crush that event and yeah. and smash it. And they were sprinting with the sandbags rather than just struggling to pick it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, when, I, when I used to do the Ironman triathlons and stuff, it, the one thing I remember was like you raced the same race that the pro was racing. And people who were coming last, coming in after the cutoff, We're doing the same course as what the people who are world champions were doing on the same day and whether it's on the same day or different day, but having that affiliation where people are getting the feel for head to head, for example, uh, creating that access for something I think is super powerful because as a participant, all of a sudden we've got like, Oh, cool. We look up to you. We look up to the people who were there and we know that we're in the mix with something that's legit, you know? And, and I think we, we sense that. I think that's really cool. So I think that's probably, we could keep going, but I think that's probably good for today. Um, uh, this, this strong man things, this competition's sold out. You got a wait list. I can sense you, run. I mean, I'm just throwing this out there, but I can sense like a series or something coming up. I reckon if you have open access to something cool and it's fun and it's new and um, you know, it sounds like you're hitting a lot of really cool boxes there, um, if there are more or if people are interested even in just checking out strength work, what you're doing, the type of training, this concept of belief, just feeling it out, I mean, I'll put your things in the show notes, but do you want to just drop some insights or or suggestions for where they would go or how they should reach out to you or what they could look for?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess if they were trying to reach out with me, the best places are either just looking up our New Strengths, like uh, New Strength HQ. I think we are on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, If you want to find out a little bit more of the, the belief stuff, the mindset stuff, Uh, the new strength way podcast is the best way to go on there. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, all that sort of stuff there. Uh, or then if you're looking for me directly, uh, Instagram, that sort of stuff's all just under Jacob Hudson. Uh, super simple. I tried to, I got on early. I got fortunate with that and got on early into Instagram signed up made the account didn't think it was going to be a big thing left it for like a year or something like that and then i was like oh maybe i should get back onto that instagram thing and then i was like sweet i've still got my name and like other people are trying to get their names and that sort of thing and like needing to come up with random
0: like things to get it to work and i was like sweet i did the right thing there Ahead hit of the curve awesome man thanks so much uh i really loved it and really cool message so we'll have to jump on another one sometime in the future awesome sounds good thanks for having us on john appreciate it cool man thank you